0: Bridge Toll California customer service number
1: Highway miles to the gallon Ford Focus
0: Thailand Cave rescue operation
1: What is schema F Best wine bars in San Carlos California
0: Best Western Hotels
1: How old is Ronaldo What happened
0: with Big Brother What took good engagement How long give? before a wedding should I send out and save the dates How many games in the first series Use of IMAP NBA to Check email find on best other best best email spots. clients Identify best fonts
1: best from where M&A. to find We were four We
0: Welcome Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to hear from a longtime friend of the Voices of Search podcast and a world-renowned SEO. Joining us today is Eli Schwartz, who is a growth advisor helping B2B and B2C companies scale their SEO visibility. Eli has helped companies including Shutterstock, Zendesk, Quora, and Gusto tackle their SEO challenges and accelerate their organic growth. Previously, Eli spent six plus years managing SurveyMonkey's global SEO team with their strategy and implementation across their entire brand portfolio, and he is also the author of the recently published book, Product-Led SEO, The Why Behind Building Your Organic Growth Strategy. And today, Eli and I are going to talk about just that, product-led growth strategies. this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. Here's the first part of my conversation with global growth advisor and author of product-led SEO, Eli Schwartz. Eli, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast.
1: It's great to be back here with you.
0: Eli, It's I'm so excited because we've talked about this for a while, you've been on the podcast, I, th- I think three times on this show, maybe two times, and one on my other show, the Martech podcast. And you've been telling me about this book that you were gonna write for a while. And finally, it's actually here so we can talk about it Let's jump right in. Product-led SEO, the why behind building your organic growth strategy. Dude, tell me about your book.
1: No one's more relieved to have that book out there than me. So I uh, came up with this idea to write a book a couple of years ago because I was my team at SurveyMonkey, they would ask me questions and they were amazing. They'd be like, how do we navigate this challenge? The CEO is asking for why we're not ranking on this, or this team is telling us we don't want to do this, or how do we interview this person? And I would give them really detailed guidance on how to go and work out these challenges, and they would like say as a joke, "You should write a book." And I'm like, "You know what? I'm going to write a book. I'm going to put it all in a book." And I started this process of writing a book, and I didn't know where it ended. I didn't know like what it would take to actually produce a book. You know, this is a like two-year effort to get this book out there, and I am so glad that it's finally done and like having people's hands. The reason I started writing it was really because there was no other book out there. When you go on Amazon, look for SEO books. There's no book out there that really addressed the strategy behind SEO. Every SEO book, or almost every SEO book, I can't say I did the most thorough research ever to find every SEO book, but all the books that I found on Amazon were all tactical SEO books. There are great books out there on really how to do SEO, how to think about SEO, how to go and structure your SEO. But none of it was really focused on the strategy, the kind of book that a CMO or a CEO would pick up and say, now I get it. Now I know whether I should or should not invest in SEO. So that was the, uh, the original audience of the book. And that's why I started writing this book too. And as I thought about the chapters and the content needed to be included in the book, top of mind was like, what does this audience need to know about SEO that they don't already know from other places? That's not to say that any of the content is necessarily new thoughts and original thoughts because this content exists everywhere. The idea of being user-focused is on podcasts, is it in blog posts, you know, is it great YouTube videos and conference presentations, but there wasn't a book. And a lot of the people that are going to read my book and are already reading my book, they don't listen to these podcasts and they don't watch those videos and they don't go to those presentations. So that's who the book is for. And you know that's really why I wrote it.
0: It's funny. I was going to ask you, who's the book for thinking? Well, it's for the SEO community because it's an SEO book. But really, you wrote the SEO book for the SEO's boss, right? The CMO, the CEO, who is thinking about organic growth strategy. So let's talk a little bit about that. What's the difference between an organic growth strategy and prioritizing SEO?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that really sums it up. Organic growth strategy versus SEO. So SEO is a tactic. SEO is a thing you do, whereas the organic growth strategy is an end goal in mind. And I'm a consultant now, and I work with a number of amazing companies. And I can't tell you how many times I have conversations with companies that I will or won't end up working with when I ask them why they want to do SEO, it's just because they want to do SEO. There is no defined goal in mind of who they're trying to reach with search. There's no reason that they want to reach people from a search engine. They just want to do it because they want to check the box. So that's what I think is most important is really don't do SEO unless it aligns with a strategy. Don't do SEO unless you can really explain to yourself why a person would go on Google or just in case, another search engine. They would go in a search engine and they would search for whatever it is that you offer and then click on your links and then they would arrive on your website and then they would convert into something meaningful for your business or meaningful for them, actually. If you can't explain that to yourself, I don't think you should really be investing in SEO. Do a little bit of SEO, but don't invest in it as a channel. And I, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is B2B SEO. You know, Through experience, I worked with multiple B2B companies, I discovered that SEO wasn't the best fit for B2B. They have a very long sales cycle. People don't necessarily make decisions based on the search result. So think about like a classic use case of SEOs. Someone just kind of sitting at the dinner table, not paying attention you know, to what's going on at the table, and they're searching for something. They want to buy something. They want to research something. That doesn't really happen with B2B. It's like, oh, I really need a new server so i'm going to go and search that and then i'm going to go and watch a you know video right now and i'm going to go sign up for a demo and i'm going to buy it right now on the spot like that's not going to happen so as you think about would you invest in seo for b2b i wouldn't invest in it if there are other channels that might be more profitable for you so well,
0: it's funny let me chime in here for a second cuz you know we talk about seo and even though this is obviously an seo focused podcast i think it's worth breaking down you know, we said organic growth strategies, trying to drive somebody to your website without having to pay a fee for it. There's SEO, the practices of getting your content to rank. There is also content production. And I do think it's important to call out that difference between doing SEO and creating content, right? There's a difference between creating content specifically to rank and then creating content for other types of organic growth When you're thinking about saying, hey, you're B2B, don't do SEO, I hear don't bother creating content. Tell me why that's wrong.
1: Yeah. So that's a fair point. I think you should create content. I think one of the common misconceptions about SEO is that it's free. SEO is not free. Anybody I'm working with that's paying me as a consultant is investing in SEO. They're investing in my consulting. They're investing in the engineers that are building out whatever it is we're going to end up building, they're investing in the designers, they're investing in content, they're investing in potentially a CMS just for this effort. So it's not free. So when I say don't do SEO, don't allocate tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars towards this channel if it's not going to be an extremely ROI positive channel for you. Now, if SEO is going to be an ROI positive channel for you, likely will be your most profitable channel because your costs remain somewhat fixed while your profits continue to accrue year after year after year. That is very much unlike any other marketing channel, which you do a paid click. Like once you get that paid click, you start paying for another click. Now, you should always write content. And I think if if you think of the purpose of the content, you create a white paper because you want your salespeople to give it out to potential customers. You create a content that you're going to share on social media. You create content, you're going to send out an email. By all means, create that content. But when I say don't invest in SEO, don't write this content because you think, let's say you're a cloud service provider, you're actually providing cloud servers like Google, Amazon, or Microsoft. Don't think you're creating this great content about the differences between these three businesses because someone's going to Google best cloud servers click on your result, and then spend a million dollars. Like That's where I say don't do SEO.
0: I think that there's cases where it makes sense for B2B brands to do SEO. The first one that comes to mind is HubSpot. And HubSpot is a little bit more of a starting point that's down market. Maybe you call it the prosumer instead of the enterprise, but they have the ability to scale to support enterprise-level customers and they produce a ton of content. I think of, you know, some of the sort of B2B media type businesses, the third door media who does the the MarTech Today and SEJ, all, all the sorts of like publications, right? Optimizing your content for growth makes a lot of sense for those types of businesses. It might not make sense for Google's cloud business. It might not make sense for Salesforce's enterprise division. So, you know, I think the devil is in the detail there. On the flip side, is SEO right for all consumer brands?
1: No. And I think that's really what's important to underscore here. The devil is in the details. For whatever brand you're in, you have to decide whether SEO is going to be profitable for you. And if it's not going to be profitable for you, then why would you invest in it? And I'll give an example of a consumer brand, which I ended up directing them to spend as much money or all the money they raised on paid marketing and not an SEO. So, there was a direct-to-consumer innovation around birth control. I forget what the exact innovation was. And I, I advised the CEO that she might be better off investing in paid channels because no one is looking for that innovation. They may be looking for birth control. And now if they're looking for birth control, she's competing against everyone else that had similar keywords and similar products to what she had. But she had an innovation. Who's
0: also been around longer.
1: Oh, that's always going to be a problem. But where she has this innovation, so rather than go and hope that people are going to search the innovation, and I can't remember what that innovation was, maybe it was faster or safer or something like that, that people just don't know exists. So they're not going to search for it. So why would she put that effort into creating content with keywords on it that just no one's going to search for? Go put that effort into creating a brand, creating her own demand, and then eventually people will search. But when she had just raised money and just, just building the team, that is not the right time to invest in SEO. So by all means, I don't think SEO is necessarily right or wrong for B2B, and it's not necessarily right or wrong for consumer brands. It has to be right for your brand.
0: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. The irony is you're telling me a lot about who SEO isn't for, and you're the author of the product-led SEO book. So Who is SEO right for? So first off, who is SEO right for?
1: Yeah, so I would hope that a lot of people buy my book and I think it costs $16 for the paperback version or $7 for the the Kindle version. And they decide that that is all the investment they're going to make in SEO. And they're never going to spend those thousands of dollars if SEO is not right for them. So they, they should read my book and learn that and they'll certainly get their money's worth.
0: You should change the title to
1: why you shouldn't do SEO. Oh, then I wouldn't get enough buyers. <laughs> Fair. But, so SEO is right for anyone that really feels that there is an, a search user that will be looking for their product. And when they look for that product, they're going to click through. And I think that's the, probably the majority of websites on the internet SEO is right for. And then once you determine that SEO is right for you, That's when you have to decide how is it that you're going to be most visible. And the example I always use is you think about something like car insurance. So if you're a new car insurance company, you have some sort of innovation on car insurance, SEO is certainly right for you. People do search for car insurance on Google. However, are they going to find you just because you have created content using the keyword car insurance? Very unlikely not. Geico and Progressive and you know all of the car insurance companies have been around as long Shout as-
0: Shout out State Farm, go on.
1: And yes, exactly. They've, they've been around for as long as Google has been around. And they're not just going to seed their number one, number five or whatever positions just because you have created content, even if your content's better. So that's where once you determine that SEO is right for you, you need to dis- discover a strategy and really decide how you're going to go after that search user and build your SEO to that search user who you know is right for you.
0: So let's talk a little bit about what product-led SEO is. Obviously, other than the title of your book, if it's product-led, that means it's not marketing-led, it's not technology-led. What's the difference between product-led and and other things that are leading the SEO challenge? Let's talk about the difference between, what's the difference between leading with product SEO and other types of SEO?
1: So the reason I call it product-led SEO is because I think of, the asset you're creating for that search user as a product. It's something wholesome, it's an experience. It's not just a blog post targeted at keywords. And it's easier to understand what product is when you think of the opposite, which is content-led SEO or maybe marketing-led SEO, which is I go on a search keyword tool and it could be any tool and you define the best keywords in your space. And using that, you just write content and hope that is relevant for the search user. When you think about product-led SEO, I'm thinking about that search user. And I'm thinking, what is it that search user is going to want from me? What kind of content or content experience or any sort of experience overall? Is it videos? Is it images? Is it libraries? Is it glossaries? What am I creating for them? And when I think about it as a product, I also work with internal product teams to actually build out that SEO effort. So again, it's not just a blog post. It's not just working with the marketing team, which is let's post this piece of content. It's really, what is it that the search user wants? What kind of content are they going to want? What's this content going to look like? And then working with designers, working with engineers, working with product managers, I'm going to implement that. That is the asset that is meant to bring in that search user.
0: So talk to me about the opposite strategy that's different than product-led SEO. and, And why isn't that a good idea to follow?
1: So the opposite is really focusing on the content. You're writing content because there's a keyword there. So I'm writing a content I'm writing a piece of content because it has my keyword in it. I'm not really putting that user front and center. When you think about something as a product, you're putting product research into it which is who is my user, how am I going to reach my user, does my user care about this, do I even talk to users before I go and create that? So again, when you work on a product, whether that is a SEO product or any other physical product or internet product that you're creating, It's surrounding a user. The focus is a user. And that's the way I think you should approach SEO rather than here's a keyword. I'm going to focus on this keyword or here's a search engine. I'm going to focus on the way the search engine should consume the content on my website.
0: Eli, talk to me about why you wrote the book. And now that it's out, does that mean that you're still a consultant or are you an author now?
1: I'm both. I I wrote the book because... I had many, many conversations while I was at SurveyMonkey before I started consulting. And now that I'm a consultant, where I talk about the ideas of product-led SEO, and there are questions of like, hey, that's interesting. Where can I learn more? Or you're recommending we not do keyword research and instead think about the topics and the customer journey and customer empathy. Where can I read more? And I didn't have anywhere to put them or point them to. So that's the reason I have this book now. It's like, Now I have these conversations and I can have a quick conversation and say, well, if you'd really like to understand my viewpoint on how you should go about doing SEO, here's a chapter you should read.
0: You know, having done this podcast, having to talk with smart speakers like yourself, one of the most important things I've learned about SEO is to understand what the outcome you're trying to accomplish is first. Realizing whether you're trying to drive traffic, whether you're trying to focus on lead generation, whether you're focusing on driving direct response results there's always different outcomes with your SEO strategies. And the better that you're able to understand what the end outcome is, the more you're able to understand whether you should be working on SEO. And I think that Eli's book is something that'll help you not only understand how to figure out if SEO is right for you, it'll put the right tools in your hands to help communicate it to the people that are the end stakeholders funding those exercises. So Eli, I'm really excited for you. Congratulations on writing the book. We're going to bring you back tomorrow, talk a little bit about what's going on in SEO today. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Global Growth Advisor and the author of Product-Led SEO, Eli Schwartz. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Eli and I are going to talk about whether SEO is still a dark art. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Eli, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is 5LE. That's the number five, the letters L and E. Or you could visit his website, which is elishwartz.co. If you're interested in learning more about Eli's book, you could also visit the book's website, which is productledseo.com. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is BenJShap, P-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.